From MPB Think Radio, it's Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent here with Sam Wells. Today we'll take you on a tour of some of the state's theaters. Thalamora Hall, New Stage Theater, the Sanger Theater, and the Alamo all bring something different to the theater community in Mississippi. And we'll tell you what. Mary Margaret Miller makes her return to the show, sort of. She'll tell us about the newest addition to the Freedom Trail. And it's about that time again. Fondren's first Thursday cranks up again September 1st. And Shaney will be here to tell us at what to expect as we kick off fall. As always, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING to tell us about any local events going on in your area. 877-672-7464. Follow the conversation on Twitter. Search the hashtag NextStopMS. It's Next Stop Mississippi, and it's coming up after the news on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent here with Sam Wells. Mayor Margaret Miller is away today, but she'll join us a little later in the show. Today, we have a special treat for you. We're taking you on a tour of some of the state's theaters. The Ayamara Hall, New Stage Theater, the Sanger Theater, and the Alamo all bring something different to the theater community in Mississippi, and we'll tell you about those things. You can give us a call at any time today to let us know about any local events going on in your area, whether they are art or music-related. It doesn't matter. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877 877- 672-7464 or email next stop at mpbonline.org. Sam Wells, good morning, sir. Uh, Sharita, I'm starting to think uh, we need to just put my name on the show, man. we got to get Mary Margaret back in here. But stop she is, giving uh, my buddy a hard time. She is uh, going to call in with some excellent information and it's part of our uh, good news segment, actually. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Freedom Trail. Um, uh, a new marker is going to be up, I think, uh, in addition. So uh, that's some good information that we're going to have. And um, we have a, 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 a good lineup this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to learn about the various theaters. And so, first of all, we're going to be joined by Mr. Brad Franklin, who is the marketing specialist for the city of Jackson. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about Thymar Hall, which is a very important venue in mm-hmm. the city of Jackson. Brad, good morning. Thanks for being in. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So tell us, how long you have you been working with the Thymar Hall in particular? I have been working uh, for the city for a year and six months. Months mm-hmm. exactly, uh, and when I came on board, my charge was to try to vitalize, revitalize, as it were, the entertainment scene here in the city of Jackson, and to kind of tap into the talents that we have here, and to also start shining some light on and trying to get some energy in and around Thiamar Hall, and getting people to to uh, getting in the mode of going back to that venue and enjoying shows at that venue. So we have been. Uh, I guess you could say we've been successful up to this point. Uh, now, now, it would be my guess that the Thaimara is not hard to market because it is such a beautiful venue. Talk about some of the types of events you have in the venue. You know, the uh, ballet competition mm-hmm. is, is something that's had there. Mm-hmm. I've been there for numerous things. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the biggest mm-hmm. names you can imagine have been there. Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. Jill Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk about some of the events you hope to bring there. Well, incidentally, it's ironic that you, that you would say that uh, because... 
you know, up until recently, there were a lot of people who I ran into uh, upon taking this job who had not been inside of the building at all. Wow. Uh, there were a lot of people who still call the building the municipal auditorium and were not aware of the renovations that took place inside of the building. We're not aware of the good things that were happening in there. But we've been blessed to be able to have a, a, a different variety of events there. We've had comedy shows there. We've mm-hmm. had plays there. We had a very successful season of Broadway that just took place. We have a new season that's going to be starting this fall, as a matter of fact. We have had Jill Scott uh, there. We have had Kay Michelle. We have had uh, Tamala Mann. We've had huge artists that have been there. We've had hip-hop artists that have been there as well for you know the first time that there have been hip-hop shows uh, at, the, at, at the venue. We have the uh, Jackson Hip-Hop Awards at that building. So we're having a very diverse lineup of events, so we're bringing a very uh, a varied degree of customer and consumer into that building, and we're very happy about that. You know, we're pleased to announce that, you know, since the 2014 fiscal year, uh, this year we are on pace to triple the revenue at Dalyamara Hall from what it was in 2014, and we're very excited about that. So, in Sounds the city, like somebody's going to be getting a raise, huh? And it will. <laughs> if you've been reading the paper, I don't know how possible that's going to be. but um, yeah, the, I we, saw uh, in the Clarion Ledger that the uh, Dalyamara Hall is having a banner year. Yes. Uh, so, so congratulations on that. And yes. you did mention renovations because a venue that's so big like that and there's so many components. Uh, I've had the pleasure of performing at the hall mm-hmm. several times. There are dressing rooms and there are all these right. different places there. What kind of renovations were done to the hall? Uh, well, the seats, first of all, mm-hmm. um, uh, there were the, the, the renovations took place and it kind of reduced the seats by about 20 or 30. But we've got brand new seats in the venue. Uh, we've made it uh, ADA accessible. Uh, you know, the dressing rooms were renovated and there's still some other renovations that are going to be taking place. Of course, after this banner year that we've had, we're going to be able to take some of that and put that back into the building as well. But if you haven't been inside of the building in two or three years, it looks totally different than what it looked like. Uh, and we're we're excited about it. Uh, the people are excited about it. We've initiated a lot of new changes and new policies at the building that are helping us to bring people in. We're using we're making full use of the building now. We have a beautiful mezzanine on the third floor that is being used for different events. We're having banquets there. Uh, the city is having its 1% sales tax uh, mixer or informational session there on this coming Thursday. So we're using the building to its totality now. And people are able to walk through that building and see how beautiful it is. And we're really excited about the season of Broadway that we have that we've got coming up. We've got Rent. We've got Stomp. we got a Beatles tribute that's coming up. We have Bob Dylan coming wow. in October. So wow. that's kind of uh, a feather in the cap of the city of Jackson. And we're really excited about that. So this is the city of Jackson's hall. This is a hall for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. This is a venue that we want you guys to come to and be able to enjoy shows. So, I mean, we're just going to try to keep the momentum up. Uh, you know, the Thalimar Hall is one of the things in the city of Jackson is actually making money for mm-hmm. the city of Jackson. We're actually putting real revenue back into the general fund of the city. And I'm happy to say that we're, you know, one of the few things that are working on all cylinders right now. We just want to keep that up. How many does the hall seat? It seats 2,040. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think it's cool that you mentioned that you're using the hall in its totality because I've been there before and I've seen a red carpet outside or I've seen bands performing outside. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good look uh, specifically because of its location when you're driving right. downtown. It's, it's it's so aesthetically pleasing. It's like centrally located yeah. almost, really. I mean, when you come down Pascagoula, it's like right in the middle of Pascagoula. So because it's a one-way street, that's one of the things that helps. But when you come down Pascagoula, if you look to your right, you see the 
the fountains. You see the banners there, and it kind of draws your attention to it. So, you know, we've had uh, Pink the Runway was the first event that we had that we actually had something outside of the hall, and we used the whole building and the outside. You know, you've been to some events, of course, that have had a red carpet outside. Mm-hmm. You know, Arden Barnett uh, has used the outside for, you know, different types of things when, uh, you know, Widespread Panic was here. There was a big concert outside on the front of Thiamara Hall. We've used the second floor. We used the third floor. So we're going to use that building, as I said, in its totality for people to be able to come to see. So not only if you want to have a show at Thiamara Hall, if you've got a banquet, if you've got a meeting, uh, or if you have a small gathering that you want to have at that building as well, it's available for you to be able to do that. And we want people who are listening, whether you are in Jackson or in the metro area, we want you to come down and make use of your Thiamara Hall. This is your tax dollars at work. So this building mm-hmm. belongs to the citizens, and we want them to know that. Brad, how big is it? Uh, how big is the re- the uh, residential population of downtown Jackson? Kind of going up, help the. Help I, I up don't. The, uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but the well, residential the, the, <laughs> the residential population downtown is growing. Uh, there's actually a downtown residence kind of neighborhood organization for the people that live in downtown right now. And I, I've met with them on several occasions. There's a downtown business association that takes place. So, you know, the people downtown, uh, not just at the IMR hall, but at the venues around and the restaurants and the people that live in the standard life building and the Plaza building and the King Edward building are starting to coalesce and create a community down mm-hmm. there. You know, of course, there was this idea that, you know, people left downtown after five o'clock in downtown Jackson. But now that has become a different dynamic. You have people who are actually coming into downtown to yeah. to eat, to party, to entertain themselves after five now. And it's become a place where people are starting to jail towards. So we're, we're glad yeah, that it's, it's really happening. It's really exciting to see people walking yes. around and, and like, like pedestrians. Yes. Uh, and, so people t- are, and people are safe, too, by the way. I don't mean to cut you off, but people are mm-hmm. and people are safe, too, by the way. It's it's an absolute misnomer. It's an absolute uh, uh, wrong statement or an infactual statement to make to say that downtown Jackson is not safe. There are people walking down there all the time. There are people, yeah. there are people that live there. Downtown Jackson is one of the safest places in the state of Mississippi. And by the numbers of people who are starting to walk around downtown and enjoy it, I think that kind of is a testament to that. Absolutely. Uh, so I can attest in- to that. I lived downtown <laughs> for a while and I ran, walked stumbled all over the place down there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Don't, don't tell too much. Nothing ever good happened bit of, Good bit of stumbling you see down there's there, too, on the weekend. There's a few stumbling. Let's go. And, uh, right. Last time I was down there, I was actually at the uh, Mamma Mia show uh, with Kale's yep. Broadway series. So it's, uh, it's a fantastic place to watch anything. But that Broadway thing is first class. It's basically like you are, uh, you know, I, I remember telling my wife, uh, we walked out and I said, Oh my gosh, I wish they would have had stuff like this when, when I was living down here because, uh, boy, it would have been fantastic. Yeah, that's good. And I'm glad you enjoyed yourself too, by the way. So we have a te- yeah. we have a testimony, a living yeah. testimony right here on the air right now. So uh, tell us what's coming up this weekend in particular. All right. This weekend, uh, the city of Jackson is going to be having its Mississippi Apollo spotlight this year. That's going to be taking place on October the 2nd. So we are calling all artists, whether you are a comedian, a singer, uh, a band, if you're a hip hop artist, we're having auditions for the Mississippi spotlight. Uh, Saturday is going to be for people 17 and under from 1 to 4. And on Sunday, it's going to be for folks 18 and over from 1 to 4. Whoever you are, it's going to be an open audition. You come up, you give us your best stuff there in the five minutes that you have. And we're going to be choosing 10 uh, particular people in each category to go on to the Mississippi Apollo Spotlight that's going to be taking place on October the 2nd. So if you're listening to 
grand prize for? The grand prize, well, the first, right off, there's a $500 uh, cash prize that's included in that. Uh, there is also a consultation with Camille King, who is an entertainment attorney. Uh, there's some free studio time in there. There's a video that you're going to be able to get shot. Uh, there's a consultation with an acting coach as well. There's a lot of different things, and I don't have it in front of me, but there is a wide array of, of prizes and things that, uh, you know, go along with that. So, I mean, if you are a talented person in the central Mississippi area, we hope to see you at the IMR Hall either Saturday or Sunday uh, from 1 to 4. And uh, you may make the final 10. If you make the final 10, you'll be eligible for that, that uh, the big prize on October might, 2nd. I might give it a shot. I could I could use $500 for gas and oh, groceries. Oh, you know, that's, 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 that's walking around <laughs> change for you, Rita. You know, oh, you no. Don't need that, man. <laughs> well, uh, Brad, tell us um, where people can go to find out more about the events and everything coming up at that month. Uh We are on Facebook. You can go to uh, Facebook. Uh, we are the City of Jackson Human and Cultural. You can go there to find out what's happening with Thiamara Hall. You can also go to the uh, City of Jackson's website and you can find out about what's going on within the Department of Human and Cultural Services and at Thiamara Hall as well. And uh, you can also call us at Thiamara Hall at 601-960-1537 and we'll be glad to let you know what we've got coming up. But uh, we've got a, a very busy fall coming up and we just hope to continue this momentum going and let people know that, you know, there are some things in the city of Jackson right now that are working on all cylinders. There's some positive things going on and Thiamar Hall is one of them. Well, thank you so much for coming in and next time it's bring us uh, some We Are Jackson t-shirts. We would appreciate that very I much. I would try to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, that was a Brad Franklin who is the marketing specialist for the city of Jackson. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back we'll continue our show and take a tour of some of the state's theaters and we'll travel to Hattiesburg. That's our next stop right after this break. This is Next up, Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent here with Sam Wells. Mary Margaret Miller is away today, but she'll join us a little later in the show. Meanwhile, we're taking you on a tour of some of the state's theaters. We started with Thalimar Hall, and now our next stop is Hattiesburg, and we'll talk about the Sanger Theater. We're joined on the phone by Matthew Gottfried, who's going to tell us a little bit more. Good morning, Matthew. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Sharita. Thanks for having me on. Well, we like to start by talking about the the history of a place. Um, is it to my understanding that the Singer Theater has been opening open since 1929? Yeah, the theater um, the theater in Hattiesburg opened in 1929. It actually opened on uh, Thanksgiving Day to some pretty great uh, pretty great fanfare. It was um, it's one of only seven. Uh, theaters that was built by the Sanger Brothers in the southeast. Uh, some of them are still functioning today. Some are not. But if you look in uh, some major cities around the southeast, uh, Mobile, New Orleans, uh, Pensacola, uh, it was it was one of a group of only seven theaters that were being built during that time. And most of those were in the in the late 1920s and were all kind of different architectural styles. And so uh, it did open in Hattiesburg in 1929. 
So tell us more about the architectural style and the design of the theater uh, from the Internet. It looks beautiful and grand uh, on the inside, but tell us a little bit more about that. The um, it, it really is kind of an architectural gem uh, for us here in Hattiesburg and particularly in our downtown area. It's kind of a, uh, a staple of ours and a landmark that we're, we're really proud of. Um, it was... Um, like I said, built in the late 20s, it's a it's a neoclassical revival in Art Deco style, and it still has a lot of those really original elements. Um, it, it was renovated in 2000, um, and, and a lot of its original components are, are, are still intact there, which is which is pretty unique and and really really kind of special considering that uh, the the theater wasn't functional for a while. So the all of the front facade still has the bare bulb lighting on the outside. The le- uh, the lobby area still has all the original chandeliers. Um, there are glazed tile fountains that are around the restroom areas. Uh, one of the cool things that they did in Sanger Theaters was they would take um, – a few of the original elements from from other existing theaters and build them into the next theater. So we have some original tiles from uh, the New Orleans Sanger, I believe. Um, but it's all ground floor level, like theater style seating uh, to qualify as a movie palace in those days. Uh, this is kind of the onset of movie palaces. So it wasn't just to show movies. Uh, they had to have around a thousand seats. So the, the theater itself has 997 seats, I believe. Uh, so it was just, you know, just large enough to qualify as a movie palace during that time. Um, but it's got all of the flyloft rigging is still there. Um, and the, one of the really, really unique things about it is that the, um, uh, original organ is still there. And, uh, it's one of the only, um, one of the only organs of its kind that, that actually still exists. It's a 778 pipe, Robert Morgan pipe organ. Um, and it's, it's one of the, the few in the United States that still exist. And it's kind of a centerpiece of the theater and it, it, it's down uh, toward the front near the, near the pit and stage. So that's, that's kind of, kind of unique as well. Man, uh, Matthew Shreed, I was going to tell you, Matthew is a uh, an old friend of mine back from the uh, from back from my Clinton High School uh, days. So it's good to have okay. uh, it's good to have Matthew go way back. Oh yeah, a little, <laughs> a little too far away back probably. But uh, Matthew, people could rent this place, which I imagine uh, with the organ and the look of the the theater, it has to be real popular for you know, weddings and, uh, and and parties and all kinds of stuff there in the Hattiesburg community. Yeah, we um, we operate six – the convention commission, we operate six different venues here in town. So we have the Hattiesburg Zoo. I know, Sharita, I talked to you about the zoo one time mm-hmm. several months ago. But we also operate the Lake Terrace Convention Center and a few other venues, some museums downtown. And Sanger is one of those, and it can be used for – uh, for dinner parties, for special events, for weddings, like I said, it's, it's, the architecture is so unique and the building is so historic that we have a lot of a lot of folks come in, um, you know, to use it as a venue for for special events, and so that happens quite frequently. And then we get a lot of tours as well. People that just want to know the history of the building, they come in. We take group tours. We tour student groups and uh, and and schools from around the area come in and do field trips pretty often. So. Uh, absolutely, it's 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 pretty popular as far as kind of like a tourism venue for us. Um, so, talk about the kind of upcoming events you have. I was reading about one coming up in September. It's a mentalist. Uh, that's a, <laughs> we get, a mentalist, uh, Paul Draper, I believe. It's mysteries of the mind. I haven't actually uh, seen him firsthand, but he is. Is he going to bend spoons with his mind and all that stuff uh, in there? <laughs> 
you know, I'll be interested to see because I've been told that he is um, he's not an illusionist. He is a, a mentalist. And um, I don't know exactly what that entails, but um, he's coming in late September. Um, and so that'll be a, a good one for us to, to have in. We have uh, different comedy troops that come in from time to time. Um, we, but we, the theater's really used a lot, um, locally, you know, we have our, our local Hattiesburg Civic Light Opera. They, um, they do a lot of their regular performances are there at the Sanger Theater. Um, October is a, is a really fun month for us, uh, in the downtown area and at the Sanger, we screen, um, Hocus Pocus every year for families. And oh, it my favorite! Turns out to be a big, big hit, and we do a full, you know, popcorn bar, and they decorate, and then uh, also around Halloween every year, this is just sells out. In fact, we're going to have to start doing it uh, several more nights here in the Hattiesburg area. But we uh, we also screen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, and it, we full out with all the props and we have a local burlesque troupe called Hattie's Burlesque that come and they do a live performance um, of some of the Rocky Horror songs before and after and judge the costume contest. And so October is always a really fun time for us around Halloween. And then we uh, typically move into a lot of uh, holiday themed events during December. And so kind of just rolls. Uh, and then in the spring, we usually roll out uh, a set of spring shows that will be like regularly, regularly occurring shows, uh, but we don't have those yet. Um, but they'll be they'll be coming, you know, probably February of next year. All right. And uh, last question, Matthew, um, how do you suggest people get the full experience of historic downtown Hattiesburg? You know, they go to the theater. Are there particular places down there they can eat just to uh, have a night out on the town? Absolutely. So we uh, are kind of proud to have one of the really still walkable downtown areas in the state of Mississippi. And so it's uh, it's a great downtown area within walking distance of the Sanger Theater. There are a handful of restaurants. It's across the street from um, the, the Porter, which is American uh, Fair and Pub House. There's uh, Domenico's Gelato Bar downtown, Bianchi's Pizzeria. It's just around the corner from Town Square Park, from a local soul kitchen called Grateful Soul. Uh, Main Street Books, a variety of other like downtown shops and restaurants, comic book stores, um, et cetera. So we have a great walkable downtown area just close to the historic Hattiesburg Train Depot, which is also one of our um, our pretty remarkable landmarks and, and kind of what, what gave Hattiesburg its foundation in the 1800s. And so uh, come visit us. Call us at Visit Hattiesburg. If you've got questions, we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. Uh, just get in touch with the Tourism Bureau, and we'll tell you exactly where to go uh, to have a great downtown experience and really see that historic downtown Hattiesburg area. Excellent. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, y'all. Sam, good to talk to you. Yeah, man, good to hear from you. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, we're going to take another break. And Mississippi we'll is one big classroom, Sharita. I know, right? Everybody from everywhere, they're all, everybody's all over the place, so Absolutely. everybody knows everybody. Well, we still have a good bit to go on the show to learn about some more theaters, New Stage Theater, the Alamo Theater. It's coming up, and we'll talk to Mary Margaret as well. We'll take a quick break. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sharita Brent here with Sam Wells, and Mayor Margaret Miller is going to join us a little later in the show. Today, we've been taking you on a tour of some of the state's theaters. We've learned about Thalimar Hall, Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. Now we'll learn about New Stage Theater in Jackson. And I have in studio with me, Ms. Francine Reynolds. Good morning, Francine. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right. So what's your role at New Stage? I am the artistic director of New Stage Theater, located in Jackson, Mississippi. So tell us a little bit about um, the types of productions you have at New Stage. I understand you have some subscriptions and series that you mm-hmm. do. Um, and New Stage is a little unique. Um, I, I want to explain that we produce all of our shows, and we are a professional theater, meaning that mm-hmm. we have a full full-time staff that's paid year-round, and everybody we bring in and everybody who crosses our stage gets paid. Oh. So, and all the guest designers and guest directors, everybody's paid. And so we don't bring shows in. We produce all of our own shows. Mm-hmm. And during the season, we have a five-play subscription season every year. And that is season. That subscription series is a mixture of classics and new plays and musicals, drama and comedies. We always try to do a Southern play in the okay. mix during our season. And then we also have every year a show in December, our holiday special show. And then we also have on the main stage a children's show performed by adults, performed, performed by professional actors. And then in the summer, we have day camp shows performed by youth. That's our um, subscription series. We also tour throughout the state in schools and libraries and community centers. We tour two to three shows, educational in nature. Those are one-hour shows each, and we um, present those throughout the school year. Each year we perform um, to more than 20,000 audience members throughout the state, most of those students, and that's throughout the state. And then at the theater, our main um, residence, our main location in Jackson, at that theater we um, reach about 32,000 people every year through Mm -hmm. tickets and programming and classes and things like that. So how do you go about like getting an audition for new stage? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because um, we're going to be doing a open audition for youth um, in, a ne- in the next couple of weeks in September for our Christmas show this year, which is A Christmas Story, the musical. And oh, we're really wow. looking for that mm-hmm. kid who can play Ralphie. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with the story. I That's am? that BB gun shit your eye out. It's a really great story, and they've turned it into a great musical. And so we're going to hold this big open call for, um, to find that Ralphie and some of the other kids that are mm-hmm. in the show. They have to sing and they have to dance a little bit and they have to act. So it's really fun. Yeah. Um, every year we have open auditions at the theater in August where anybody can come and uh, do a monologue and sing if they'd like. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, just last night I had callbacks for the second show of our season, which is the classic Our Town, except I'm doing a lot of innovative, different kind of things with it. That's some casting that may surprise people. Mm-hmm. So I called in a whole diverse group of people and I had about 60 people last night in a callback, adults, and the, and the night before I had about 60 youth in wow. a callback. So we do callbacks during the season for each show. And so we're going to do a big open one for the Ralphie characters. And then our last show of the season, which I'm really excited about, 
Million Dollar Quartet, which has been touring around. We're going to produce our own version of it. I mean, we're okay. producing. It's not our own version. We're producing the show. And we're having an open call for that. We're going to be looking for Elvis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, oh, wow. and Jerry Lee Lewis. And oh, so they ha- wow. and, and they have to be those characters. Okay. And so we're doing, I'm going to New York um, next week to do some auditioning, but I hope to find some people here around mm-hmm. this area who can do it. And I have a local guy who's gone off to make it big on Broadway. Randy Red is his name. He's from Brookhaven, and he's coming back to direct and musical direct the show. So, and I'll tell you how. I know you're going to ask me, so I'll wait until yes. you ask me, but I'll tell you how you can find out about those auditions. Okay. So. Um, and so for those yeah, Fran, who if my are, father comes up there, don't he, he thinks he can do an Elvis impersonation, <laughs> but it's not. Who doesn't think they can? I can't hear him. I didn't know what he said. Oh, he said news. his father thinks that he can do an Elvis impersonation. So if he All comes right, up, bring it on. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, I was curious about students who are studying drama and art. Um, how high are the opportunities for them to come work at a place like New Stage? Well, we have... I, I feel like I'm bragging about our theater so much, but I'm so proud and happy of it about it because we just celebrated our 50th year. We have a professional intern program. Oh, and so each good. year we hire four students who have just graduated with degrees, some of them not with degrees in theater, but who have a lot of experience in theater. And they come and spend a season with us at the theater. Mm-hmm. And they um, act in a lot of the shows. They understudy the shows. And then they do those tours I talked about into the schools. Excellent. And they work with uh, younger children, too, in teaching classes. So there's lots of opportunities. Sounds good. And right now in the casting of our town, I'm looking for actors age um, 20. Uh, well, 18 to 26 to play the two main characters. So. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about how people can uh, find more information about New Stage auditions and all those things. Okay. Well, it's through our website, okay. com. You can find information about how to buy season subscription and how to buy single tickets. But also, you can find out about auditions. But the the thing that people should do is because sometimes we just post something through a, an email letter, a newsletter, and you can sign up um, to get on our newsletter mailing list okay. to find out more about auditions. And I, I hope we'll be in the newspapers for these big open calls that we're having the week of September 11th for the Christmas Story musical. For the, When I said we were looking for children, we're having those auditions the week of September 11th. And then... Um, Probably in October, we'll have the Million Dollar Quartet auditions. Excellent. Well, Francine, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and speak with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we'll speak with Mayor Margaret Miller. Still going to learn about the Alamo Theater, and we'll tell you about a Fondren's First Thursday, which is coming up. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sharita Brent, joined by Keishana Smith, leasing manager for the historic Alamo Theater in Jackson. Good morning, Keishana. Thanks for being on with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. 
So it is to my understanding that the Alamo has a really rich history. First of all, it's on Ferris Street in Jackson, Mississippi. So just give us a little background about the theater. I've heard that there were some major acts who used to play the theater back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, I think one of our most famous acts or more well-known acts who's still very active with the theater right now is uh, Miss Dorothy Moore, uh, Miss Misty Blues herself. Um, she's one of the the biggest resources that we have right now, um, whether it be, you know, her working with her own hands or her coming in and uh, showing her face and showing the love and telling people about the history of the theater. Um, we also had people that have come uh, as far back as Nat Cole. Um, we've actually had Natalie Cole, you know, great vaudeville, black vaudeville acts that have come to the theater. And of course, this was all before mine and your time, uh, our current time, we've had uh, wonderful acts like J.J. Williamson, who is a uh, uh, comedian uh, here from Jack that is that was born here in Jackson, uh, grew up here in Jackson, and have come back many, many times to support the theater. Uh, we have had um, uh, other local acts around the state, around the southeast, or, uh, all over the United States. And, of course, we've had the wonderful, wonderful Miss Rita Brent come in and <laughs> Uh, entertain us so well and I mean do blow out phenomenal shows so uh, absolutely we've had the jazz blues and more uh, I'm sorry the jazz found the Mississippi Jazz Foundation has come in uh, wonderful uh, many times and and put on wonderful shows uh, Mr. Michael Brent has come through and uh, and you know I'm sorry Michael Burton has come through and has you know uh, has played his saxophone and made the crowd go wild. Yeah, he's currently on tour with Jill Scott, so I think that's yes, awesome that some people who are from Jackson are coming back to uh, still patronize the theater. So was it ever a place where you showed actual movies or were there theatrical performances back in the day, or what, what kinds of events were there? Well, the original function, it was actually a dual purpose. So it did function as a cinema, as a black cinema, uh, and then also it functioned as a performing arts stage. So plays and singers and acts, uh, they had this normal, um, uh, I believe it was once a week, they would do a uh, talent show where everybody from Mississippi, Louisiana, all the Northeast states will come out and perform on stage. That's actually where Dorothy Moore got her start as a uh, uh, a young preteen, you know, doing the doing the talent shows there. So it was a dual purpose function when the uh, when the theater was uh, opened back in 1940, uh, the early 1940, when that structure was first put there. So talk about how you guys have been able to withstand some of the challenges of keeping businesses open on Fair Street. You're one of the very few businesses that are still open on that street. How have you guys been able to stand strong? Well, you know, honestly, Rita, it's it's really been about community support, and it's also been about the 14 board members that, uh, that serve with the theater. I mean, these are people that they have that love, they have that passion and for the theater and then the community around the theater. These are people that have grown up in Jackson and lived in Jackson, you know, if the majority, if not all of their lives. And they remember coming to the theater just to get ice cream or watch the old Kung Fu movies. So they, they continue to do the same now that they know that the theater is still functioning and doing the same things. They come down, they patronize 
the theater. They come in and just buy snacks if they can, mm-hmm. or they come to the shows and 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 they the uh, word of mouth has also been you know a great uh, revitalizer for us of other people telling you know spreading the word and letting people know you know Ferris Street is still alive, the Alamo Theater is still alive, the Marquee still lights up the entire street. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are your hopes for Fair Street? Uh, wouldn't it be a big boost for you guys if other businesses were around? It absolutely would. I don't. Uh, I'm sure. Um, I know you don't remember, but <laughs> before, <laughs> before our, you know, before our time, before we were twinkles in our parents' eyes, Fair Street was, you know, the booming black district. It was an absolute mecca of of black culture. For the Southeast, it was one of the biggest black districts in the United States. So, I mean, and I'm talking about doctors, lawyers, you know, food, uh, eating establishment, bars, little holes in the wall, the theater. Uh, There was an auditorium across the street from us where uh, in the evening times, you know, uh, the African-American community would put on their best dress and go out. And uh, I think we call it clubbing now. Yes. (laughs) They would go, you know, and they were dressed to the nines. And if you ever have time to come down there where the businesses that are still down there, they've been there, you know, since well before the 40s. So they they vividly remember the Alamo Theater and the people that used to infuse that, that, that district with life. So, I mean, people coming back to reinvest in that area absolutely would do, you know, a great great deal to not only my theater, but the other businesses that are down there trying to uh, make sure that Ferris Street holds itself up. Well, it's such a wonderful venue and it has such a a wonderful vibe. It gives you a Bourbon Street feel. You don't mind parking Mm -hmm. on the side streets to walk in the theater. And I've had a couple of my events there and I've been to some as well. What else do you you, you guys have coming up for the rest of the year? Well, you know that uh, I'm glad you asked that. This year, it seems to be the year of the comedy shows and the gospel plays for the theater. So um, we have a couple of comedy shows that are getting ready to be scheduled. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Mr. J.J. Williamson, who is a uh, Jackson native, he's actually he actually did a um, a movie, mm-hmm. and he is premiering that movie. That will be in uh, October. That will be October 9th, Matter of fact, uh, we will premiere his movie. So you'll start. Seeing the flyers for that. Uh, next month we have a gospel play from a local um, a local writer from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. She she lives in uh, Atlanta, but she wanted to come home and do her play that had been doing so well uh, around the Georgia area. So we were uh, we're doing a partnership with that. Um, and then there are a couple other things that are in the works. We're still doing a few negotiations. So. Um, You'll you'll be hearing about that soon on our uh, Facebook page. Excellent. Well, for those who are interested in just visiting the theater or having an event there, how how do they go about reaching you? Oh, that's certainly certainly easy. Uh, you just give me a call. You can hit me on the historic Alamo Theater at gmail dot com, or you can call the theater, or you can hit me up on the fa- the Alamo Theater Facebook page and say, "Hey, Sean, I want to do a tour. Hey, Sean, I want to throw an event at the theater, and we will make sure that it happens." I didn't even know you guys did tours, so that is awesome as well. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. A lot of our tours we've done for uh, high schools. Uh, high school groups will come through or they'll give us a call. Uh, the Jackson Convention Visitors Bureau is a uh, great partner with us, so they will um, give us a call when there are tourists that come in and want to see the historical sites. So um, it's something that I would love for residents of Jackson that don't know much about uh, the Ferris Street District or the Alamo. They're always welcome to come down and um, do a tour, and we do kind of a walking tour through the theater and I do a little bit on Ferris Street and if there's some uh if the business owners around Ferris Street aren't busy they get to meet the business owners and hear their history so they 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 get a good show when they come for the uh for the tour sounds good well Kishana thank you so much for being on this morning we really appreciate it thank you I appreciate it so much Rita and all the support that you've given us all right. And speaking of history, we have Mayor Margaret Miller on the line now, who's going to tell us about a new Freedom Trail marker that's going to be unveiling. Mary Margaret, good morning. We really miss you here. Good morning, Sharita. I miss you guys, and I'm so ready to be back in the studio. But I'll tell you, I don't think there's any other place I would have rather been this morning than here in Issaquina County at the unveiling for the 22nd marker on the Mississippi Freedom Trail. So it, it honors uh, Unita Blackwell, who just has a wonderful story. She was a civil rights activist. I think she was the first black female mayor. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this marker and why she was selected to be honored. Look, I'm telling you, Unita Blackwell, who is still living, who's still alive and well and with us today, is such a remarkable story. She was the found, one of the founders of the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. She was an early field rep for SNCC in the 2nd Congressional District. She helped get Head Start off the ground, as well as MACE, which is uh, an organization known as the Mississippi Action for Community Education, still really active around the state in rural areas. Uh, you said she was, you know, the first black mayor of 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 Myersville, and she was also on the National Council for Negro Women. Now, the list, like, continues to go on and on. Hmm. She was a MacArthur genius. She ran for Congress and and did lose that race to her friend, Congressman Denny Thompson, um, who actually joined us for the unveiling this morning. But, um, you know, in addition to kind of these big titles, she was just really a member of this community here in Myersville and an advocate for the people for the children, for education, and for workers. I, I just uh, cannot begin to really explain how much she embodied and how much action she really carried out with her life. Wow, just amazing. So um, uh, has the unveiling already happened, or is it going to happen today? Well, we, we unveiled the marker at 10 a.m. this morning. We were welcomed by uh, the mayor of the town of Myersville, Linda Short, Really glad to be here. The marker's really, it's right in front of, of, of the Mayorsville uh, town building, so you can you can see it there. Uh, we had remarks from Dr. Rolando Hertz, who's with the Delta National Heritage Area. Really glad that they could be here to help really bring uh, Unita Blackwell's story into context, you know, for the mm. Delta as a whole. And we also had some really interesting um, personal stories shared by the writer Joanne Pritchard Morris. She, um, wrote in, in conjunction with Unita Blackwell, uh, Blackwell's memoir, which is called Barefootin'. And uh, can I share a quote with you? Yeah, from, absolutely. From the book? These, are, these are Unita Blackwell's words. And, 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 you know, I think it's important to remember that, you know, this is uh, the early 1960s when Unita Blackwell really became activated in the civil rights movement, a really scary time for a woman in a rural area to be so courageous. But, but here's what she has to say about courage. Um, 
this is what I know about courage. You don't sit down and say you're going to be courageous. There's some inner something that tells you what's right. You know you have to do it to survive as a human being, and you have no choice. Wow. That's powerful. That is really, very powerful. And that was just one of, of, of many things that, uh, that, she, that, she share, that she shared, uh, you know, talking about being strong and, and making your life count for something. And, and our program was wrapped up by Dr. Leslie Burl McLemore. He is the, the chairman of the Mississippi Freedom Trail Task Force also a pioneer of the Mississippi Civil Rights Movement. And, you know, he really kind of um, talked about his relationship with Unita Blackwell and, and said, you know, this, this woman was not just a, a citizen of Mississippi or of, of Issaquina County, but she was really a citizen of the world. She took mm. 12 trips to China representing, um, you know, civil rights and, and equal rights, uh, you know, there in China. And, you know, he, he reminded us that, if in the dire circumstances and times of, of the 60s, a woman like Anita Blackwell could come out of Myersville with so much talent and so much courage and so much creativity, think about what opportunities there are for young people today. We've got Anita Blackwells in our communities, you know, growing up in our Mississippi schools, and, and it's all of our responsibility to really encourage that and grow that uh, for, for Mississippi tomorrow. Yeah, well, I am inspired just by this conversation, and it makes me want to I know, learn. Margaret's got me, like, hyped up. <laughs> makes me want to learn more. Um, and, and speaking of learn more, where can people go more to find out about the Freedom Trails, just in case they want to visit them? Well, you can always go to the Visit Mississippi website. That's a really good place to start and learn about the Mississippi Freedom Trail. We do have some nice um, brochures that talk more about each marker, and those are available in our Mississippi Welcome Centers and in cultural institutions all around the state. So make sure to look out for our Freedom Trail um, brochure when you are when you stop in a Welcome Center for a little rest or a, a break. Excellent. Well, Mary Margaret, have fun. It sounds like you're already uh, having fun there, but have fun and please come back. <laughs> well, yes, I will be back next week and so glad to be there with you. And, you know, for those um, of our listeners who are getting out this weekend, maybe riding around, again, we've talked about this before, but it's hot outside. That's no big news. But visiting our Mark Trails is a really great way to see Mississippi from the AC of your car and, and make a point to come to Myersville. You'll find our marker right at the corner of um, Highways 1 and 14. And, you know, just make a little trip over. This is a beautiful part of the state. All right. Well, Mayor Morgan, thank you for being on, and we will see you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Okay, you too. All right, and uh, now we're going to close the show with um, Ron Chaney, who's going to tell us about Fondren's First Thursday. Now, this is not a new event. How long has this event been happening? And it's been growing tremendously. We're still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> it was going on for years before I got involved, but uh, it had taken on a few progressions, a few names, and uh, so it took it over. This will be the third season running it uh, basically as FFT, and uh, it's just a little bit more of an out-of-the-box version of what there was before. Uh, heavy local, heavy individual, heavy indie. Uh, it's kind of the out-of-the-box theme for what we've got going on for each event, which is all uniquely different each time. Yeah, I was thinking if, if I had to pinpoint one particular theme, I don't know, I guess it would be a, a neighborhood feel, but it feels very uh, close-knit when you're there. You have local artists, you have um, like actual artists drawing, and you have people performing. Uh, so what is the focus for people when they attend First, first Thursday? First off, the best word is just to throw out there, everybody. Real mm -hmm. simple. Doesn't matter who, what, how. 
uh, kid friendly, family friendly, dog friendly, especially dog friendly. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, a lot of Big dogs dog. out there. <laughs> hey, if you can't bring a dog, we'll get you one adopted because Kara's out there, ARF, Rescue Revolution, Cheshire Abbey, they all kind of rotate coming in. But uh, it's fun for the kids to come out and hang out on dueling. That's kind of the main kid zone. And, uh, and then you can move around the neighborhood. You can go to food trucks. You can uh, visit the restaurants. You can do activities. We've got the guys from Knockerball. There's a new franchise in town. They're going to be out just kind of showing people what it's like. And then that's a little sneak preview to next month. We're going to have a, actually a, a Knockerball exhibition on the dueling lawn. I don't know if I'm familiar with Knockerball. It's the big balls that are around you. And you're oh. in the middle of it, and you're just bouncing at each other. They're big, clear balls. Oh, interesting. And uh, so we've never done anything like that. And we've done some pretty crazy things. You know, everybody The last liked. time I saw a race, it was like people on hospital beds, and they were racing with toilet seats and all yeah. kinds of things. And it was very entertaining. <laughs> we did wheelbarrows uh, the time before last. Last time we were going to race watermelons, and a little 20-minute rain kind of got us on that one. So mm-hmm. we thought, well, what's... Funner than racing watermelons. Oh, yeah, eating them. So we did that, <laughs> and uh, we had the Mississippi Ag Department out, so uh, they were out giving watermelon away, too. The food uh, is delicious. I've had popcorn uh, that I just can't get my mind off of. Um, Big Apple Inn was out there one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us. The hot dog competition with uh, all the, the restaurants out there was, oh, I uh, that. was awesome. <laughs> um, what time does the event begin? 5 until 10 p.m. You can stay later because there's restaurants and bars that are still open. But uh, the bulk of everything is really happening in that 5.30 to about 9.30 range. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you come home, get your kids. Don't feed them at home. Feed them in Fonder. And uh, get the dog. Come out. Enjoy and play. And we know you'll leave and wonder, did this really happen in Jackson and Mississippi? But it does happen each month. Yeah. Okay. And uh, where can people go more to find out, like, a schedule and just get more information? FFT.city. All right. Sounds good. And are you a resident of Fondren? I was a past resident of Fondren. Um, as much time as I spend there working in uh-huh. my businesses, well I be. probably <laughs> spend a little more time there than actually sleeping at home in I, Bellhaven. I was going to say, I am a resident of Fondren, and he's there more than I am. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah and he definitely has to be there every time as well. <laughs> so I imagine you're going to be at First Thursday, uh, Sam? I'll be there. Well, I have to be. Um, people use our driveway as, a, uh, as their place to park anyway. So Now, I was there with well MPB the last time. MPB will be there this time. I was okay. going to say, we were MPB will be back and uh, they will have some sign up sheets for folks to sign up and try to get the MPB car tag. We need to you know, uh, know you want one, folks. I know you've heard Jonas talk about it on the air for a little while. Uh, we need a few more signatures, so we'll be out there hunting those things down. All right. Well, thanks uh, for all our guests who were able to come on today. And listeners, if you didn't get to call, you can send an email to nextstop at mpbonline.org. Don't forget to subscribe to the Next Stop podcast. Go to mpbonline.org to find out more about that. If you have a podcast app, just search for us, Next Stop Mississippi MPB, and download it, and you can hear all of our past shows. That's going to wrap us up here, but stay tuned. Southern Remedy for Women is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio. Thank you.